0: Shortcast Club.
1: Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. I'm Avi Kaufman, founder of Shortcast Club. Welcome to our third episode of Best of Shortcast Club. Each week we highlight some of our favorite podcast episodes posted on Shortcast Club. Find these and more on our Shortcast Club app, available on iOS and Android app stores. We have 10 great episodes selected for you today. First up. A 47-second episode by Tyson Mutrux, a well-known injury attorney in Missouri, with an insight on the tough reality of jury trials.
2: The reality is jury trials are not for everybody. I'm actually on my way to my third mediation in eight days. The last two, we had to walk away from the table fairly early. Yesterday, we walked away within 15 minutes. And you might be saying, well, why even do these anyways? But the reality is we do these because not all clients are cut out to sit in front of a jury for four or five days and have them be stared at for five days and be judged for five days. And the fate of what's gonna come out with your case, the outcome is left to 12 people, right? And not not everybody's cut out for that. There's a lot of anxiety when it comes to that. So we try to do these mediations for a variety of reasons, but the main one is to benefit the client, the best interest of the client. And that's why we do this. Is it always my preferred choice? No, but why we do it in this case and that's why we always do it is because it's in the best interest of our client.
1: Next, we have a perennial favorite, an episode of Don't Just Win, Dominate by Bill Harper, a marketing guru. Today, we enjoy an analysis of the famous caveman commercials by Geico. This episode really stuck in my head and has me thinking about how to better promote Shortcast Club.
3: So why is storytelling so valuable in building a brand and in building engagement with your target audience? Let's use Geico's caveman example for a second because it's something that everybody is familiar with. So research showed that the reason people weren't coming across was because they thought it was gonna be hard to do. Now, Geico's challenge there was to let people know, no, it was easy to do. Now, they'd already said, we can give you 15% or more in 15 minutes or less. That message wasn't strong enough. So the 15 minutes or less wasn't enough. They needed something else. They could have come out and said, oh, well, it's so easy, a caveman can do it. I mean, that's part of vernacular and people would know it, but that didn't really bring it to life. Just saying that wouldn't have been enough. So if you play that idea forward as though cavemen were still a part of our society, you can imagine that saying something that could have been perceived as derogatory by the cavemen would have elicited a negative response. And so if the cavemen get frustrated at Geico saying it's so easy, a caveman can do it, it becomes a, a funny story that's enjoyable to watch. That's the role of storytelling, to take something that is mundane or could have been just simple and turn it into something that's worthy of paying attention to, worthy of sharing with your friends, and worthy of sharing by word of mouth, you know, something that you're excited to share because it's fun to be a part of. That's the role of storytelling.
1: Third, a four-minute episode from Eden Gold's podcast, Life After High School, Your Ultimate Guide to Thriving in Adulthood. Today, she breaks down exactly how she schedules for optimal productivity, really getting into the nuts and bolts of how to use your calendar.
4: How to develop a daily routine for increased productivity stay tuned what's up my friends eden gold here keynote speaker and your big sister here to help you navigate adulthood and today we're talking about productivity let's get into it step number one is to identify your priorities now there's many different methods to do this but we're gonna keep it real simple and not go down the method train okay so here's exactly what you're going to do one pull up your google calendar pull out a handheld calendar or use whatever calendar you use as an alternative pull it up get it ready to go two i want you to schedule in every single priority non-negotiable that you have on a weekly basis this will be a little bit more time intensive if you have a handheld calendar but if you have one that's on a computer you can always set it to reoccurring every single week and add a deadline if there's a deadline to which you won't be doing that thing anymore this is school this is work this is time at the gym so on and so forth step two is to add into your calendar things that are important but not urgent Right? If you miss your job, you're going to get fired. If you don't go to school, you're not going to graduate. What are those things that are urgent... Or important, but not as urgent. You could even put the gym in for the side as well as opposed to the main priorities. Depends on who you are, right? So, this can be things like study time, which has a little bit of flexibility depending on who you are, but it is very important. Study time, time with your family, self care. I put self care in there because although it's a word that we hear all over the place, all around, it's important that you schedule designated time to recoup and prevent burnout. I even go as far as to color coordinate these categories, right? So all of my non-negotiables are in green. All of the work, the brandies that I have are in green. Every in-person meeting that I have is in yellow. All workouts are in dark purple, so on and so forth. Great, now we have a vision of what our ideal schedule looks like. Yes, we have our mandatory things, but we also have the things that are important, but perhaps there's a little bit of flexibility. Now, the goal here is to be as consistent as possible possible and take away that window of flexibility to where we can be like, uh eh, don't really feel like studying right now. I could push it off. Don't really feel like going to the gym. I could push it off. How do we do that? We do that by creating new habits. How do we do that? We do this by making it as easy as possible for us to achieve our goals. So there's no thought process that has to go into this. How do we do this? I want you to look into something called the habit loop. It's where there's a behavior that we want to do, a habit that we want to build, and it's triggered by a cue that makes it so ridiculously easy to make that behavior happen or do that behavior. And it's followed by a reward that triggers the dopamine in our brain that's like, oh, that's great. I want to do that again. For example, what can a cue be to be, to work out? Setting out your clothes, everything you need already by the front door, so you don't even have to think about it in the morning. Great. The thought process, not even a part of it, you've already done the work, that will trigger the behavior of going to the gym. And that will be followed by something really good that will feed that dopamine in your brain. It can be just simply as good as it feels to work out, or it can be a certain reward that you put in place for yourself to congratulate yourself for going to the gym. I'm not saying you need a whole pizza. I'm saying come up with something that works for you. It really is quite as simple as that, and I promise you that if you spend the next seven days practicing what I just told you, although it seems simple, it's the simple little changes that we make that accumulate to giant results. This will work for you if you stick with it. If you're having trouble sticking with it and you want some extra and additional help, support, or guidance, consider joining the Life After High School waitlist for our June 2023 launch. It's a 10-week all-inclusive program to help young adults like you succeed and thrive in adulthood by setting yourself up for success professionally, personally, financially, and mentally. So we talk about the millionaire mindset behind goal setting and achieving, even if your goal's not to be a millionaire. We talk about how to structure and specifically plan and achieve your most ambitious goals and how to get your finances in order at an earlier age for your future early financially financially free self. So if you're interested in joining the waitlist for our June launch, visit www.lifeafterhighschool.us and we will chat soon, my friend, but challenge yourself to do this over the next seven days. Follow me for all things adulting, and love you.
1: Fourth, we have an episode of Trivium U, timeless training for professional communicators by Dr. Ben Crosby. In this quick one-minute episode, Dr. Crosby explains how and why to use structure when speaking. We used to call this signposting in debate.
5: Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you're in maybe a heated discussion or even an argument and you use the phrase, well, first of all, but you don't even have a second of all in mind? Why do we do that? Well, it's because humans trust structure. They trust structure and symmetry in nature, in architecture, and we trust it in communication as well. We like the idea that there are logical parts, that there's a lot of content behind a message and that it's organized. So consider when you're giving a presentation, dividing that presentation into logical parts and telling your audience what that logical sequence is two factors for microbial life on mars three reasons we should expand into the commodities market obviously your content is really important but signaling that structure that organization really establishes a sense that you have control of the message and it makes your trust your ethos skyrocket you could even use this in a job interview why are you a good fit for this company well three reasons primarily first second third notice how the content needs to be good but when you add that structure you add trust
1: control ethos. Try it out. And now for something completely different, fifth, we have a thoughtful one-minute episode by Brad Chandler about how our present thoughts create our own reality. These powerful thoughts are from
6: Eckhart Tolle. He highlights that our current state of consciousness determines our future. This realization empowers us to shape our lives by fully embracing the present moment. Psychological suffering arises from the stories we create in our minds about our life situation. By becoming aware of our thoughts and narratives, we can free ourselves from suffering. To break free from suffering, we must embrace the present moment. By being fully present, we transcend conditioned thinking patterns and experience liberation and peace. Embracing the present moment leads to transformative change. We release the past, let go of the future worries, and engage fully with the richness of now. This opens doors to new possibilities, deeper connections, and personal growth. Eckerd's teachings on embracing the present moment holds immense power. By shifting our perception, recognizing suffering, and embracing the now, we tap into the peace, joy, and fulfillment. You can start on this transformative journey and experience the profound changes that await you. Love heals all.
1: Sixth an episode of Therapy Beyond the Couch by Tammy Emmett, in which she shares about the in-between stage that we feel when going through a transition and why we feel that. I really love her analogy of how you might feel like a lobster that has shed its shell.
7: If you're going through a personal transformation, then you probably know about the stage that is the in-between stage. This is that stage where we've left the way that we were before. We can't go back. We don't even want to go back. And we don't yet know what it's going to look like. So we're in this in-between stage, the neutral stage sometimes it's called. But it's far from neutral because it can be really scary. We can feel really lost, untethered, and we don't really know who we are and what the hell we're doing here. When you're in this stage, you're kind of like a lobster that has shed its shell and hasn't developed, hasn't built a new one. And often what we do with those lobsters is we put them in isolation because this is a time for introspection. This is a time to spend some time with yourself and get to know who you really are. So if you are in this in-between stage and maybe you're feeling lost, here's what I suggest. Look back at your life and remember a time when you felt content or even joyful. And I want you to examine that time. I want you to think about where was I, what was I doing, and who was I doing it with. And that's going to give you important information about who you are, what brings you joy, and how to move forward.
1: Next, an episode from Tora Mills about how to stand out in a competitive job market. Even if you're not looking for a job, this is really good advice anytime you're pitching anything, really.
8: Okay. While there are some things that have changed about this new job market and it is much more competitive, there are some things that have not changed. At the end of the day, a lot of times these job descriptions are written without truly understanding what's going to be needed to make someone successful in the role or even what the work that they will be driving looks like. They know they need a person and they're only looking at what's in front of them right now. However, they don't have any clue about what's going to happen two months from now, three months from now, four months from now. Now, this is where you show up. This is where knowing your unique value proposition truly, truly can differentiate if you get the job or not. A lot of times, if you already understand most companies' pain points, then you pitch understanding how to solve that pain point. It's not in the job description. It's not going to be something said by the hiring manager, but when you know your unique value proposition and you pitch and show that you can do something that other candidates haven't even talked about, and it's something that they know will help the business, This is how you stand out in this job market. And I have said this before, and I have tried to help people before and say that there was gonna be a time that came where you were gonna have to think like an entrepreneur and you're gonna have to market yourself in a different way. That job market is here. Make sure you're clear on your unique value proposition. If you need help figuring it out, make sure you tune into my lives. Feel free to pop on and ask questions. Bye you guys.
1: I really like this next one and it has something that I'm gonna start doing myself. This is an episode of Mind-Brain-Body-Lab Shortcast. and in this one, Cody Isabel shows how to do favors for your future self as a way of getting stuff done now.
0: Bro, you're not going to bed yet? Oh, I am. I'm just picking on my clothes because tomorrow's going to be a busy morning. Dude, you want to finish the homework early? Why? It's due in a week. Because if we do it now, we won't have to worry about it ever again. <sighs> you're right. By the way, you're always planning to do things now as if you're planning for the future. Why? An easy way to be happier in life is if you pretend the future version of you is a close friend and do favors for them to make their life easier. Ooh,
1: I like that. You just earn another follower. Man. Ninth, we have an episode of Yamsox's Shortcast by Liam Bolin about how mindfulness can be awkward. I've often felt that, so hearing someone actually crystallize that into a thought and explain this is really helpful.
0: Everyone's always telling us how to behave. Which is fine, but no one ever gives examples. For example, I think most of us agree that we should refrain from immediately judging something. But what does that actually look like in a conversation? Well, it's actually pretty awkward. Let me show you. Hey. Hey, what's up? I met a new guy the other day. He's really sweet, but he's pretty into trains. Yeah? Yeah, he's like, really into trains. Oh. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I don't know. I mean, he literally spends all night waiting for a new train to pass his house. Crazy, right? (laughs) I understand. You don't think that's weird? I don't know. I I haven't met him. So you see, this person is going to get upset and frustrated by the fact that that other person isn't reciprocating their emotions. And I'm not trying to make them frustrated. I'm just refraining from immediately judging. Here, let's do another example. Hey, check out this drawing I made. Do you like it? Oh, let me see. So, what do you think? Is it good? Do you like it? Well, I think it's clear that you drew something that meant a lot to you. So, to me, that's very special. Oh, well now I'm going to think he doesn't like it. Even though that's not true, it's not that I don't like it, it's just that I'm practicing refraining from immediately judging. So you see, here's the deal with a lot of things that would make life better if everyone did. The problem with mindfulness, and I think the reason that people don't practice it, is because, well, it's awkward as hell. As a society, we've made it awkward to be patient and mindful. So if you want to be mindful and practice patience and refraining from judging, Or, at the very least, if you're someone who tells other people to try to practice that, then you're going to have to acknowledge or help people be aware of the fact that it's necessarily going to be awkward as hell. So what's the solution? Well, it's very simple, but it's also very hard. If everyone is aware that mindfulness practices make you awkward, well then, no one will really care if you're awkward, because they'll understand that you're just being mindful. So if someone is being awkward, maybe they're just really mindful of what they're about to say. And I know that would make a lot of conversations really boring, but hey, if your conversations aren't interesting without judging something or someone,
1: then maybe it's time to reevaluate what interests you. Finally, for our 10th episode, let's end with an episode of Tom VoiceOver Quick VoiceOver Tips by Tom Jordan. Tom is a professional voice actor, and in this episode, he shares the three types of coaches you should seek out if you are launching a career as a voice actor.
2: Just a quick note to those of you who are interested in getting into voice acting or audiobook narration, there's uh, three or four different types of coaches right off the bat that I can think of that you're going to want to look into um, that could really help smooth the water, streamline your, uh, streamline your uh, starting off in the business. Um, one of them is performance coaching, um, learning how to... Act in the right ways for the right types of voice acting that you want to do. Second is business coaching, um, teaching you how to set up your business, your marketing, and so forth. And the third is um, your home studio, which includes the software that you're going to want to use. And I know some really good software coaches if you're going to use um, Audacity or Reaper or um, Adobe Audition or what have you, learning that and being able to have somebody help you set up the software, because it can get a little bit complicated. Um, is such a huge help. It will really help streamline you getting started, and it will take the burden out of that whole startup process. So look me up and help you find the coaches you need.
1: I hope you enjoyed this taste of just some of our favorites from this week. There are so many more great shows available on Shortcast Club. Download the app from the iOS or Android App Store, search for Shortcast Club, that's two words, Thanks and happy listening.